Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Hello, and thanks for listening to Voice of the Church. I'm uh, Pastor Ryan Swale, and recently have done a number of meditations on the Song of Songs. Uh, this week and next, I thought I would do a couple of, of somewhat related meditations from the Gospels on this theme of Christ as the Bridegroom. I'm today looking at John chapter 4 and the familiar story of the woman at the well. It's a pretty long passage, and so I'll just... Uh, read and summarize some parts of it. It uh, says, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees heard he was making and baptizing more disciples than John, he left Judea and departed for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria, so he came to a a town of Samaria called Sychar, uh, near the field of Jacob that he had given to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well It was about the sixth hour. And a woman from Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. And she she marveled that he, a Jew, would ask her, a Samaritan woman, for a drink. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. But Jesus told her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that spoke to you, you would have asked me and I would have given you living water. And then they they go on to speak of this living water. And um, she says to him, give me this water so that I will never be thirsty again. And Jesus tells her to go get her husband, to which she responds that she doesn't have one. And Jesus says, I know, for you've had five, and the man you are now living with is not your husband. And she perceived that he was a prophet. But he then revealed that he is actually more than a prophet. He is the Christ. And then she she goes back to her village and uh, brings everyone out to see him, saying, Come and see a man who told me all I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And Jesus stayed there for two days. And it tells us at the end of the chapter that many more believed that he is the Savior of the world. That's that's John chapter 4 in a nutshell. Coming just after the end of John chapter 3, where John the Baptist announced that Jesus is the bridegroom. And John chapter 2, where Christ performed his very first sign at a wedding, where normally the bridegroom provides the wine, but in John 2, Jesus takes the place of the bridegroom and supplies it. Meaning he is twice announced as the bridegroom, leading us into John chapter 4, where Christ approaches a well. The place in the Old Testament where husbands often meet their wives. Remember Moses and Zipporah, or Abraham's servant set to find a wife for Isaac. He meets Rebekah at a well, uh, Jacob and Rachel. In fact, this is the same place where Jacob meets Rachel in Genesis 29, even at the same time of day at noon, the sixth hour. So now Christ who has twice been announced as the bridegroom, approaches the place where husbands meet their wives, even at the same time of day, and then sits down while we wait to see who comes. 
and the clock strikes 12. And we see a, a silhouette approaching. We are eagerly uh, awaiting the arrival of the bride. But then verse 7 makes us do a double take. As the woman approaching is an unclean Samaritan who we find out in verse 18 has had five husbands and the man she now lives with is not her husband. This can't be right, we think to ourselves. We were expecting the purity of Rebecca, the, the beauty of Rachel, the strength of Zipporah. But this unnamed Samaritan with a scarlet A on her dress is none of these things. In fact, she is the opposite. But that's just the point. As this woman is a symbol of the bride of Christ, a Samaritan, a racial mix between Jew and Gentile, impure, unworthy, unlovely, filled with shame. That's why she's here in the heat of day all by herself when no one else would be there. And it's because she is all these things that she is the perfect symbol for the bride of Christ. John is giving us a little introduction to the kind of bride Christ is seeking. That's why throughout the rest of the passage, there is this, this bridal language that's used as this conversation about living water. It reminds us of, of a passage like Jeremiah 2, where it says, God's people have forsaken him, the fount of living water, and they have turned to broken cisterns that hold no water. Just like Israel, this, this woman here seeks satisfaction in five different men, but none of them can satisfy. And Christ exposes her sin and that offers her living water, which in Jeremiah chapter 2 actually comes in the context of a marriage metaphor. Where God has just said, I remember the devotion of your youth, your love as a bride. And then offers living water. Or Proverbs chapter 5 uses that same language in that famous passage about marriage. Drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. The Song of Songs 4. Uh, Behold, you are beautiful, my love. Behold, you are beautiful. And then throughout the rest of that chapter, the beauty of the bride is poetically depicted, poetically described with all of this, this beautiful garden imagery culminating in this, a garden fountain, a well of living water. Living water in the Old Testament is a metaphor for the love that a husband and wife are to satisfy each other with. And that love is a small foretaste of the satisfaction that may only be found in Christ, the true bridegroom. And so when Christ tells this woman who has gone from lover to lover to lover, trying to find satisfaction, when he tells her, come and drink my living water and you will never be thirsty, he's inviting her to be his bride. He's inviting us to be his bride. And we know that we're included in this because of the all-encompassing language he begins to use in verse 14. Whoever drinks of this water that I will give. In fact, he even uses male pronouns, the water that I will give him. And so we know that Christ is not referring to a literal exclusive union with this historical woman, but is inviting her and all of us who find ourselves in her to that ultimate marital union. 
It is become a drink of him and, and find our satisfaction in him being intoxicated with his love, which is better than all those broken cisterns, even better than wine. It is then that his living water will become in us a spring of water welling up to eternal life. That's what Jesus goes on to say as he speaks of the Holy Spirit. We could say a lot more about this passage, but but very simply, it is an invitation for you to come to Christ and recognize his all-surpassing beauty and worth as heaven's bridegroom come to obtain a bride, even though she does not deserve him. Jesus leaves heaven and, and goes to the other side of the tracks, as it were. He goes out of his way to Samaria to take this unclean woman, this unworthy, unlovable Samaritan woman, and offer her union with himself. He exposes her sin, telling her everything she's ever done. And then he offers her life. And she is a symbol of the kind of people Christ pursues, not the perfect, not the healthy, not the righteous, but sinners. And he says, come and drink the living water of union with me. And I will take your sin and I will give you my righteousness and I will send you off like he does her in John 4 to witness to my glory to witness to my beauty, to witness to the fact that I am the one in whom satisfaction is found. We see two things in this passage. We see wedding and we see witness. A woman who Christ meets at a well to offer union with himself and then she goes off and invites everyone to come and see this bridegroom Messiah who has told her everything she ever did and is the Christ. And the rest of John 4 tells us that the people of her village came to see Christ and he ministered to them for two days and many believed because of his words. And they said to her, it's no longer because of what you said that we believe for we have heard for ourselves and we know that this is indeed the savior of the world. And so she invites them to the wedding, invites them to the, the marriage of the lamb, showing us what, what the bride of Christ is to be busy in, telling others to come and see doing even what it says in the final verses of Revelation, where it says the spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who desires take the water of life, the, the living water without price. I believe Revelation 22 is alluding back to John chapter 4 to show us what the bride of Christ is to be busy in until he comes. Gathering others for the wedding. Head over heels for her bridegroom and telling others how great he is. Again, there's a lot more we could say about John chapter 4, but I want to just leave you with two thoughts. If you're listening today and you are not a Christian, and you have, have sought uh, satisfaction in other things, listen to the words of Jesus. Whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. Come and find satisfaction in him. It doesn't matter if you're a sinner. It doesn't matter if, like this woman, you've had five husbands. Christ knows everything you've ever done and says, come. And then one final thought for the Christian uh, listening to this meditation 
Even as we see the witness of the bride to the wedding and the joy that that fills her as she tells others of the Christ, inviting them to come and find living water at no price, this is to be the bride of Christ's vocation until he returns. The church is to be busy extolling the excellencies of this bridegroom and calling others to find their satisfaction in him. I pray there's someone listening today who needs to hear of that Christ or someone listening who needs to be reminded of the beauty of what heaven's bridegroom has done for you so that in your joy, you, like this woman, might go and bring others to him, gathering many more for the wedding supper of the Lamb. I thank you for listening and may God bless you.